Sliced Apples Podcast with Alex and David. France money line over five and a half goals and forgot the last one, maybe Mbappe to score or something like that. It was kind of like a plus like 1600. It was just kind of like a <laughs> just a you know shoot or shoot you know what i mean like <laughs> hey, that, that's, that that's one way to do it i uh certainly I, I after this world cup i might need to switch to just being a soccer expert because i've been to you know it's like the, the less you know the better i i literally watch soccer about once every two years for like euros and world cup and i'm like yeah, when I'm 30 and 22 in the World Cup, you know, killing it. I'm loving the totals. I just keep betting, like in the group stages, I just bet a lot of unders. And then the knockout rounds, I just bet a lot of overs. And it's been doing well. So that's, and then I just bet a lot of draws, like draw plus 200, 300. And it's like, you know, if you hit a couple of those, you're in good shape. So don't really do you know. Just that like hard. look at the numbers or like how do you determine when you don't watch any of it? Like what are you looking at when you look at like the well, Euro of the World Cup? Yeah, and I guess you know we'll we'll get into it when I'm when I'm talking. I guess more about my my weekly methodology for for college. But I basically like uh, I'll look at uh, you know a site and just kind of see you know their opinions and you know they'll have like a pick on each game and like with a little commentary. And I don't necessarily follow the pick, but the commentary kind of gives me some helpful color. And then I always like one of my biggest things that I do is betting splits. I use like vsin.com and I go look at like percentage bets placed and percentage of the money. So we'll kind of, we'll kind of get that more into that. Uh, but basically I'll just look at like where like the sharp money's kind of going in and that's kind of where I follow. And, you know, group stage dynamics for me is a big one. Uh, just, I mean, with my limited knowledge, it's like, well, if you're in, you know, what does the team need and what does the team not need? Right. So like us England, like England didn't need to win the game to win the group. Right. The last game in game three of the group, like Portugal didn't need to win to advance, right? Brazil didn't need to win. France didn't need to win. So, you know, you can kind of pick up, you know, a little value in those spots. Um, you know, I'm not here analyzing, you know, if Mbappe is going to, you know, outwit whatever defender right back they have, because that's just not, you know, that's not my level of expertise. So, uh, you know what, don't, don't, don't want to give away too much on the, the later part of the interview, but that's. That's just kind of a general philosophy how I approach, you know, anything that I bet. I, I, I too I bet, it. you know, a variety of sports. I, I only claim to be, you know, significantly successful in college football as that's my bread and butter. But I certainly will bet, you know, NBA playoffs. I'll bet March Madness. I bet, you know, I the the, the National F League, you know, known as the NFL. You know, I'll, I'll bet that as well. But, <laughs> National um, F League. Yeah. Have you... <laughs> Not not to say anything inappropriate over air. You can you can imagine. We're uh, we're 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 free freelance. We're rolling right now. So just real quick introduction. This is our yeah. friend Brett. Brett, why don't you give a little background? How long you've been betting? How you got into you know what we're doing here? That sort of thing. Yeah, great. So uh, my name's uh, Brett Chalpin. Uh, I guess uh, live in Houston. Uh, I do work in uh, private equity, so I have some familiarity with uh, excels and i've always kind of had a passion for excel which kind of you know led me into the sports betting realm it's kind of the the intersection of you know excel and sports is sports betting um so just really been interested uh in the space 
uh, I guess the story of my my first ever sports bet, I think it was maybe New Year's Eve. Yeah, maybe it was like 2013, I think. Yeah, it was 2013. My uncle got me for a Christmas present. He said it was the the Peach Bowl between Duke and A&M. It was Johnny Manziel's last college football game versus uh, Duke under you know David Cutcliffe. Um, I think they lost to Clemson in the ACC championship that season. Uh, so, you know, being a, a novice sports better, uh, I said, okay, well, I'll put 100 on the over, and then I think I put 50 on Duke. And I, the over hit with, like, you know, eight minutes left in the third quarter. I think they probably had over 100 points in that game. And, unfortunately, Duke didn't cover. So I went one and one, but, you know, I learned a valuable lesson, which is, uh, you know, if you go one and one, but you win the, the bet that you have more money on, uh, you'll be successful in the long run. So that kind of kicked off the movement. Um, so basically started from there, started 2014 season. I uh, was really only doing NFL in college. Uh, and then gradually, I think probably starting freshman year of college. So that was fall of 16 for me, uh, keeping track uh, of bets. And now I have, you know, several, you know, different excels and, and tabs with analytics of, you know, exactly my differentials as far as how I perform against the spread, totals, money lines, parlays, props for every single sport. For college football, I break it down also by conference so that I can know how I do basically in all each conference games, non-power or like group of five matchups, power five matchups, power five versus group of five. So, you know, data is valuable for me. Um, And so that's just kind of how I got into it, a little background, uh, you know, Leave, leave it I up to y'all. That. What else you want to? Whatever. What you want to go into? So how I met this guy was we we play in a golf league Monday night. It's like the little simulator golf league, and he rolls up and he's got his laptop and he's sitting there just going nuts on this Excel spreadsheet. And I look over, I'm like, what the hell is he working on? It must be thousands of rows and different columns. And I don't use Excel basically at all because it's not a part of my job. I never really learned how to use it proficiently. So watching you sift through all that material. It's like this guy, this guy, I think he knows a little bit about what he's talking about. Does it ever get boring, like inputting all that data? Or do you just like see beyond it? And you're like, I have to do this every single time, no matter what. Yeah, you know, that that's that's a very excellent, uh, very good question. I'll say, uh, you know, if it's something that you're passionate in, uh, you know, it, it's not, uh, you know, it's boring. And, you know, for me, it's I'm trying to, you know, it's, it's more of a game than just the monetary gain. It's more of just, you know, trying to win more than I lose and trying to, you know, beat the house. So to me, it's interesting. Uh, it definitely builds on itself. Like I just, you know, if you, if you compare the 2016 Excel I had for the, the main Excel, as far as tracking my bets to the one now, it's like night and day. So it's, I don't really have to reinvent the reel. I can just copy over the template for a new year and add to it. So, um, no, it's it's really enjoyable. Uh, you know, I, I kind of have a, a system. I don't know if that's helpful to kind of go into, you know, what I kind of do on, on a weekly basis in football season. And and I guess the last thing, I, I guess I should plug my, one of the other reasons I'm here. Uh, you know, I, I was doing that on Mondays because uh, I, starting, I guess, last year, I debuted something called Brett's Best Bets, which is a uh, Which is badass. We love Brett, yes. Brett's Best Bets. We love them. Subscribe. Say a uh, weekly college football sports betting newsletter that comes out every Friday. Uh, I give out, um, you know, maybe nine to fifteen of my favorite plays. Uh, I, I take, I take, I bet about twenty-five to thirty games on a Saturday, um, and then you know I'll bet a handful on Sunday. But as far as the college goes, 
uh, that that's kind of the handle that I do. Uh, and you know, it was very good first year kind of going through in, in the, the Brett's best bets, uh, column going through a, a sophomore slump, but in my own personal, uh, you know, in my own personal ledger, which, you know, we can get into that's, uh, it's just been another, another solid year for me, certainly kind of an interesting year with, you know, more parody than normal. Um, so and these are extensive man i love these when you send them out i mean you put real like real effort into these it's not just like copy and paste from somebody else like you you legitimately type these out every single week or how much effort do you put into this and how much do you copy i guess if i had to out yeah. you oh <laughs> uh, i would say i copy very little um, Wow. you know maybe i obviously like any stats or trends that you might see or obviously trends that i found from uh, you know, reading other material, but you know, a lot of it is, um, you know, just kind of my own thoughts. And I, I guess, you know, this is a good segue into kind of why I chose to college football as, uh, you know, what I wanted to, to focus on. Um, I would say, and this is also a good segue on, um, you know, why, how, you know, to, in my opinion, to, you know, best, uh, you know, keep, you know, your bankroll under managed. I think that, um, you know, my goal when I'm doing all this Excel stuff, I'm not trying to beat the Sharps in Vegas in modeling teams' performance. So the reason that I, I like college football is uh, the regular season kind of matters a lot. And the college football players, there's only like a finite number of games. Um, so by that, if you bet on NFL regular season or NBA regular season, you know, you have these professionals that are getting paid a lot of money. They have families. They have lives. I mean, look, for example, like, I, you know, every week at work isn't the same for me. Sometimes I'm feeling great and fully focused. Sometimes I'm just trying to get through to Friday, right? I think in college football, a lot of that is removed. And also, you know, the it's beautiful. It's, you know, we're betting on these 18 to 22 year olds and that are emotional. And, you know, in a way they will have different results, uh, you know, that may be predicted. But, you know, it, it's it's predictably unpredictable, if that makes sense. And so that's that's one of the, you know, the main reasons that I like college football. Um, just to give you a, a couple examples that kind of happen in college football that don't really happen in any other sport, in my opinion. If a program is, you know, let's say, uh, you know, Auburn or something is about to play Georgia and the week before they might not be as focused because they're so excited for Georgia. That's like a look ahead spot. Let's say and that, a great example of that this year was Kansas State Tulane. Like I was on Tulane plus 14 and a half. Kansas State was going on the road to Norman, Oklahoma the week after that. One of my favorite plays of the week that I put out there, Tulane plus 14 and a half. At the time, I had no idea Tulane was going to be this powerhouse that they've been this year. But I was like, I think Kansas State's going to be looking ahead to Oklahoma. So that's a spot that doesn't really exist in other sports. On the flip side, if you're coming off a big upset, like uh, Marshall over uh, Notre Dame or App State. If you remember App State uh, upset oh, a I remember it. <laughs> I was there. I remember it. And, this podcast and the, is over. The very, <laughs> week, the very next week, they hosted Troy in game day, and they needed a Hail Mary to beat them by one point. And I think they were laying like seven and a half. So that's like a letdown spot. You have sandwich spots when you're coming in between a huge game that you had to get up for. And the next week there's a big game that you have to get up for. And in between you're playing a team that maybe you don't have as much respect. That's a sandwich spot. There's a lot of other, you know, Utah over USC, that first game, you know, Utah, they were wearing the, 
the players, you know, their two, you know, late teammates on their helmets, like that's an emotional boost, right? Um, there's trap games. I, you know, I think my, my lock of the, the year so far was Mississippi State over uh, Texas A&M. I was pretty high on Mississippi State this season. Um, and, you know, A&M was coming off that Arkansas game that they, you know, clearly shouldn't have won. And, you know, Mississippi State, this was one they had to have. They wanted to compete in the West. Uh, yeah, look, I know I'm talking to some A&M fans, but y'all, y'all know. <laughs> clearly about. shouldn't have won. Love that. <laughs> well, I mean, just to give two examples, Arkansas fumbled at the one-yard line, and instead of it being like a t- or going up seven, I think they were down seven or, you know, 14-point swing. And even I, with that, I think they, you know, might have missed a 40-yard field goal off the crossbar, if I remember correctly. I call that I call that good defense. I don't know what you're, you're talking about. <laughs> there you go. But but yeah. Um, anyway, so that's that's uh, you know that's why I like college football. I guess um, I want to give you time to ask questions, but if appropriate, I can kind of go into some of like the overall kind of. Please keep going, man. I'm fascinated. This is this is I'm very interested in this. Keep going. Hold on, hold on. Before you continue, okay. the, the one question I do have <clears throat> because me. I have certain rules slash systems. The two fans know about it because I preach it on here all the time. <laughs> number, rule number one. Rule number one. Always fade the public. That's rule number one. Always, always, always fade the public. It's 100% as far as I've seen. Everything I've seen, 100%. It hits 100%. ROI is 10,000%. I'm just making <laughs> that up, yes, but still, you get it. Um, and then I've seen... a. Uh, different systems like uh, crap. There was one that uh, it's essentially, I think some of the stuff you're talking about with college football with like the sandwich games and whatnot. Oh my God. I had one like on the top of my head, but it just left me, but there's other systems. I'm kind of like, Oh, the, the main one I did for college football, at least under on the, when the academies face each other, hit that under and hit it hard. Up until Army and Navy, of course, they finally, for the first time, I think it was like in 10 years, went over. And that's because they went into overtime. But yeah, I was just uh, curious as to, like, if you have any specific systems you keep track of or or anything like that. Yeah, that's it's it's funny you mention it. It was a very sore subject. Uh, I think the only play I had last week as the, my high school play of the week or for the group of five games was the army Navy under, which was uh, a very, very tough loss. Um, the under was, I think, I believe it was 43, nine and one since 2005. It was on like a six game streak. I know I went three and O last year and two and O this year before this game. And, you know, as soon as the, you know, as, as a better, you kind of kind of have PTSD and it, as soon as that, as army blocked that punt at the end of the first half, I was like, this is going to come back to bite me somehow. And you know, that turned out to be the only touchdown in a way. It's kind of funny. The offenses were so bad that it was almost good for the over because they couldn't even get a first down. Normally when you root for when you bet the under and I'm like a main under better, I want them to drive to midfield and punt. These offenses couldn't even get a first down. So, like, if one team has a bad punt, you're already start. You know, it's like let's get yardage down to the forty and then punt and then get it back at the opponent's thirty-five. You know, it's like I think Army's you know field goal tying drive was about twelve yards before they get the field goal. <laughs> it's just you know, it, it's it's there's been a uh, an inordinate amount of uh, of bad beats this year for me, especially want- in the column. But uh, overall, sorry. Yeah. 
Sorry, Brett. I want to chime in because it's funny yeah. that you say that as betters, we just know. So I had the <laughs> over in the big 12 championship game, TCU versus Kansas state. They went into overtime. I think TCU was, yeah, TCU got the ball first. I just needed, I needed six points. I forgot what the exact total was, but I needed mm-hmm. six points to go over. So I needed a touchdown. There was the quarterback did the run and he was like, they did the review on it for like 10 minutes to see if he, and he was short. So I made it third and goal. And, and I told my buddy that I was watching it with, I was like, that's it. The under's going to hit. They're not going to, they're not going to be able to put it in. And then um, Kansas state's going to get the ball back. And then they're going to, they're going to kick the field goal. My over's done. And he's like, dude, it's, it's third down and goal on the one. Like I was like, no, dude, you don't understand. You're not a better you see this over and over like you just feel it in your gut like you just you just know and lo and behold third down they get stuffed they go for it on fourth down get stuffed kansas state kicks the field goal the under hits and my over is done and i was just like man gotta love it (laughs) i i i couldn't agree more i i think you know when i think maybe the first time alex and i met uh, we were talking, and he's like, yeah, you know, there's a big difference between you know, sports fans that love sports and sports betters, because you just watch the game completely differently. I remember I was in the car on the way to an engagement party, and uh, I saw Army block the punt, and I was like, well, that's going to, that's gonna, you know, screw me. And they're like, Brett, it's 7-3 at the end of the first half, and you 32 under, and I'm like, just watch. But uh, it, we, it's, we, it, we just know. Betters just know. You know and, and it's great, you know, it's great you mentioned TCU because that team this year has been the, uh, maybe the biggest thorn in my side of any one team in any season that I've ever bet, like, in the history of my sports betting career. I, I just, I've, I've doubted them the whole year. I've been with the Sharps the whole year. I got some horrific bad beats. I remember, just to name a few, Kansas, plus like, six and a half. And that game, he hosted them game day, and Kansas was up, and their quarterback goes out, and somehow it looks like it was going to overtime, or TCU wins by seven late to cover. Uh, I had um, I had Kansas State over TCU. Kansas State goes up 28-10 and then has to go to their third-string quarterback, you know, and lose that one. Worst of them, for sure, was them in Morgantown. I remember getting back from golf and turning on the game with three minutes left. I don't know if y'all remember, it was TCU-West Virginia. Just kind of to set the stage, uh, West Virginia had the ball down three with like two minutes or maybe two and a half minutes left. And they were, and so I was getting, it was West Virginia plus like seven and a half. So I'm like, okay, well, if they don't get it and TCU takes a knee, I'm fine. Well, West Virginia turns it over. TCU has the ball. They literally need one first down. West Virginia's out of timeouts. I think it's fourth and one with 21 seconds left on like the West Virginia, like 30 yard liners. TCU's up three. So there's, there's basically, you know, three options. You, you kick the field goal to go up six and then you punt and then you kick off and you've 15 seconds left and you just don't want them to score a touchdown. You know, TCU wins, I get a cover. You go for it for one yard, you get the first down, you run it up the middle, QB sneak, fourth and one, the game's over. You can punt the ball and make them, you know, take another eight seconds off the clock and make them go 90 yards or whatever to 
to kick a field goal. Well, TCU, of course, chose none of those options. They decide to go out of the shotgun. Not only that, West Virginia jumps off sides. But when West Virginia jumps off sides, the game is over. You know, the quarterback could have thrown it to the cheerleader, a fan in the stands. It doesn't matter. But, you know, of course, the quarterback decides to chuck it up into a one-on-one receiver downfield who makes an incredible catch to score a meaningless touchdown to take a three-point victory to a 10-point victory and cover the spread. And you see everyone celebrating. I'm convinced Sonny Dykes or someone on that TCU staff was like, we're going to go cover this spread. So that one was just horrific. That one really hurt. Um, I had Baylor plus the two and a half against TCU, so I still covered. But for anyone who had Baylor money line, that was just the worst choke job I think I've ever seen in college football, like not like a one single play, but that whole sequence. And I love Dave Aranda. I'm an LSU guy. It was our DC when we won the Natty my senior year. It's just like, I don't know how they just decide to run the ball three times when you're trying to win. And even on the third down, I distinctly remember the quarterback decided before the play was even called that he was just going to run. And when he rolls out, he could have easily hit the tight end streaking across the center of the field for a first down game over. And of course, you know, he just runs it for two yards and they punt. And, you know, we know, we know, we know how the rest goes. Um, but certainly, certainly a, a painful team this season. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the college football playoff later. I guess, you know, my advice to everyone is whatever I'm thinking on the TCU game, just take the opposite because we'll finally get lucky and win based on based on my record with them this year. Um, I've got I've got two questions for you off like all of this. So number one, do you ever place a bet just for fun? Like randomly in the middle of a game, you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to place this bet. Do you ever do that? So I don't think I've ever placed a bet for fun, but I think I've placed bets for emotional <laughs> hedges. Does that count? Okay, okay. Emotional oh, hedges example. meaning like what? So my the latest emotional hedge I did was, uh, and, and I, I consider it fun because it's like I'm not actually trying to make money. I'm just like, well, I really hope I lose this. But if I don't lose it, you know, it, it, you know, if, if I if I win the bet, then that'll console me from whatever emotional <laughs> agony I'll be in. Uh, it was actually that TCU Kansas State game when Kansas State goes up maybe seven or ten, and it looks like they're about to blow them out the building. And I'm like, okay, well, if Kansas State blows them out, guess who's getting in the college football playoff? Alabama. So I live bet Alabama to win the national championship at twenty five to one. See, that's this. This is this third order derivative thinking when you when you've been doing sports betting a lot is you know that that's the emotional hedge that I placed. I said that's okay. crazy. I can't, oh and if, you know, to be honest with you, in my opinion, if Kansas State doesn't muff that punt in maybe the second quarter or something, I think they win by like twenty four, and TCU's not in the playoff. Honestly, that's just how this TCU team. I mean, they're they're, they're called what are they? The Horn Frogs. They should have been called the Cats because they've had like fifteen <laughs> lives by this point in the season. I swear. <laughs> Uh, the sorry second, to any TCU the, listeners out no, there. It's the, not personal. But. The second one I have is, do you ever bet on your team? Like, is there, Or is it too much emotion? So I, you know, my Brett's Best Bets subscribers know this very well. I only have one rule that I follow in sports betting. And that is I never in the history of my betting career have ever placed a single bet on an LSU football game. And I don't plan ever. to ever place a bet. I, the only bet I've ever placed, and this is a true story, the only bet I've ever placed on LSU, my 21st birthday, April 2019, I went out to Vegas. 
I placed a future at 26 to one odds on LSU to win the national championship. And we won the national championship. So I'm one and oh, <laughs> and I'm never betting LSU again. That's awesome. Oh, nice. I'll classify that as a fun bet because I can't say there were too many fundamentals for make to make me believe at that point in time that Burrow was going to set the, you know, at the time, the FBS passing yard, uh, touchdowns record and, you know, win the Heisman. But that was my one little little fun bet. I also bet on the Saints, which was just up in flames. So, I, I you know, caveat <laughs> there. It's not like I won all, every single bet I placed for fun. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh-huh. I, I will say, I will say, I am. Uh, I don't think I've ever won an A and M bet. Ever. <laughs> now thinking about it, I think I've lost every single time I bet on A and M. Do you bet for sad. them to win, though? Is that it? Like, do you ever bet on them I don't, to lose? I don't David? bet against my team, bro. Exactly. I do not right. bet against my team, dude. Vegas I was don't. giving away money. Vegas was giving away money at that uh, LSU A and M. Oh uh, yeah. Game. I was there. I loved College Station. My first time in College Station. You know, I was uh, earlier in the year. I said I don't want to go if we're going to lose. And then we were looking pretty good. So I said, okay, I think I'll go and have a good time. And lo and behold, you know, talk about looking ahead situations. We just completely were looking ahead to Georgia. You know, de- uh, what's your running back's name? A chain is that the person? A chain. Devon A chain. Yeah, A chain ran train on our defense for sure. A train. One of my questions I have, how do you, how do you go through and sift through? Like, I, I personally don't really bet college football too much because there's, there's so much, there's too much for me to digest and, and put a bet down and whatnot. Just <laughs> at least for, for me, like, I mean, I might not make the most educated bets, but at least <laughs> Ultimately, at the end of the day, like when I put it down, like it feels okay in my in, to myself in my gut. It feels okay. College football is never something I'm ever just like, yeah, I, I feel okay putting that bet down. No, it's just always there's so much. I mean, the only one I really like put down and I felt good about was when um, Pac-12 championship game. I took Utah live, and I was like, I feel good about this because Utah. I feel like Utah is going to beat them. They look good. Other than that, no, I, I I just don't. How do you how do you go through with so many games, so many teams, what yeah. you're gonna bet on and whatnot? So g- great question. Um, I think it'd be good to kind of just run through, uh, you know, some high level tips on you know how to be a successful better. In my opinion, love this. Uh, first off, I think it's important to have bankroll management. So what that means is before the season starts, decide to yourself how much you're willing to lose and divide that by 100. And that represents one unit. So if you're willing to lose $1,000 for the season, then your bet size for a one unit bet should be $10. And basically all of my bets are either one unit, one and a half units, or two units. And by the, but when I say one, one and a half, two, that, that is to win that. So the juice would be on top of that. So in a standard bet, I'll risk 1.1 units to win one unit on standard 10% juice, big, whatever you call it. Um, so that's kind of rule one. Uh, I think a lot of bettors make mistakes when they have a bad week 
Uh, they just want to stay positive for the week and they'll, you know, double up or triple up on Sunday night football and, you know, the National F League, as I like to say, which is probably the worst thing you could possibly do is to have 50 units on Monday night football because the primetime NFL games are the sharpest lines that you could possibly bet in at a sports book because they're the most bet high volume. Everyone's focused on it. Um, so that's kind of step one on bankroll management. Uh, your point on, you know, sifting through the games, similar to how I just said the primetime NFL games, are the sharpest lines, the ones that maybe aren't bet as much, maybe not as the most popular college football matchup of the day. Some of those actually have, uh, you know, the best value because you're not going to have the, the sports books aren't going to focus on those games as much just because the handle and what they can win or lose on that game is a tenth of what Ohio State and Michigan would be, for example. So, you know, kind of going, you know, going into that uh, on a daily, on a weekly basis, this is kind of my, my routine. So we'll start on Sunday. Every Sunday, I have a preseason magazine with all the stats, personnel. I, I have Phil Steele's College Football Magazine. Highly recommend. I love that magazine. Great I love that magazine. In August. It's a great way for me to get very familiar with all the teams. Uh, you know, you can pay attention to projections, but I more just want to read, like, you know, go every team page and just go read the offense summary, the defense summary, the overall summary, and then just go to the unit rankings and see, like, where teams shake out. Because he'll rank, like, He'll really go one to one. Like he'll give his top sixty defensive back units, top fifty offensive line units, top you know fifty quarterback units, et cetera. So I'll, I'll go and update the 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 spreads, um, or I'll go update the scoring results in there, just so that I have it when I pull up to a team page, I can see all their scores and if they won or beat the spread right there instead of having to also go on like ESPN or something. So that's step one. I also, uh, so I have, I have a couple different Excels that I use. So I have my main Excel, which is where I track all my bets and have all my statistics. I have a college football power ratings Excel. I don't have my own power ratings. I just use a power rating set just for reference to see how far off the line is from what, you know, most of the Vegas Sharps have it at. So I basically, in my Excel, for the beginning of the season, I have all every single game listed out. And I have like index matches and stuff to pull the, the team's most up-to-date power rating. So I'll pull in the up-to-date power rating. I'll, you know, write down the spread. And then that's what you saw when, when you ran into me, Alex. That's what I was updating. I was saying, well, this team beat this team by seven. So I, all I have to do is put seven. And I have the spread from the week prior. And then it'll tell me if those ratings – recommend when the ratings recommend a bet if that bet would have won or lost so i can just basically back test the ratings throughout the entire season i also have um win projections excel which i do in the preseasons which helps me get familiar with the teams uh, i've done very well i've only done it for two years i went seven and three this year in win projections um that's betting over under season uh win totals my most my three biggest ones just a small caveat i had ucf uh, over eight and a half, which was a sweat till the end, but they got to nine. I had Mississippi State over six and a half. They blew that Kentucky game, almost blew the Auburn game, but they got to seven. And then I had NC State over eight and a half, and you know they lost their quarterback Leary and ended up only winning eight games. So that one was that one was tough. But uh, so I'll kind of update that going into midweek. 
Um, I'll kind of look at the current, the, I'll just do a quick run through of the spreads and, you know, I'll kind of jump on some spreads. Sometimes like if I know I'm going to bet a game as soon as Sunday afternoon comes and the lines are posted, I will jump on it. I think as you bet more, you kind of understand what direction Vegas is going to go. And you really don't want to wait until Saturday morning to place a bet. I think, you know, if you speak to actual professional gamblers these days, they say, they'll say that the, their biggest edge is that they beat the closing line. And what that means is they get a better line that they bet earlier in the week than what it closes at. So they might get Alabama minus five before uh, the game, like earlier in the week, and then Alabama minus seven when it kicks off. So if Bama wins by six, it turns a loss if you had taken it right before kickoff into a win because you bet it earlier in the week. So sometimes I'll bet those in advance and I'll look at the power ratings and that'll kind of tell me where the market's going to move based on where the opening line is and the power rating. So that kind of gives me another clue and data point of, oh, I need to go grab this line. Now, if there's some dead numbers, you know, dead numbers meaning numbers that aren't as important. Like if it's like if I like a team getting four and a half points, uh, then I'll go bet plus four and a half before it drops to plus four, plus three and a half, right? But if I like, you know, a favorite and they're laying four and a half, like I'm not going to touch that because so what if it goes up a line or two? Like if I like it at four and a half, I'm going to like them laying six or six and a half, right? So I might as well wait and see if it gets down to four or three and a half. And similar thing with totals. Totals are a little bit harder to, you know, they're, they're a little bit harder to gauge as far as movements. But, you know, I'd say key numbers are right around the sevens, like every seven. So like 56 and a half and 55 and a half is a big difference. 62 and a half, 63 and a half is a big difference because that's the other side of a touchdown, right? Because like nine touchdowns would be 63 points, for example. Um, so that's kind of what I do midweek. I really don't, I mean, focus more on work and other stuff. I'd say the main stuff starts Thursday. So I have, I probably look at four or five different kind of like sharps, public sharps that everyone sees. Like I'll look at like the bear and Scott Van Pelt. I'll look at other sites like VSIN. I kind of, you can get for free. I'll look at betting pros. I'll look at, you know, I, I like, I like y'all. I don't know if y'all know this name. Y'all know who Clay Travis is? Yes. Clay Travis, like he's one of those like public guys, like he's on Fox or whatever. Like I always like to look at his because like I just think he's the definition of a square, meaning that like he's like his <laughs> picks are what like the public and everyone's thinking. So it's important for me to look at so I can know like, okay, this is what the public thinks on the game. I mean, if you go back, like he's probably been doing it five years. I think he's almost 500 or below 500 like every season. It's, it's, it's actually statistically impressive what, what he does. How consistent he is. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's kind of one data point. And so I'll look and I'll say, hey, if multiple sharps like the same thing and no one's against it, like I'm more inclined to bet it. And I have no shame in kind of piggybacking off on things because at the end of the day, you're trying to take in as much data as possible and you're just trying to filter out what's important data and what's not. And to be honest with you, it's not even just the pick that matters. I just read the commentary as to why they like the pick. And sometimes they'll read commentary as to why they like laying a favorite. And I'll say, okay, well, I like that. But instead of laying the favorite, I think that that commentary makes more sense for me to go bet the over or the under. And so I'll kind of piggyback off of whatever stats or kind of matchups that they actually look at. Um, so that's, that's kind of 
Thursday, Friday, keeping track. I talked with my uncle who's been doing this for a while as well, and we'll kind of basically run through the entire slate. And so he's a little bit more informed on a lot of the group of five games than I am, which is good because I, I'm more focused on, you know, like most people, power five, or I'm beginning to learn more about group of five. So we'll probably talk maybe an hour, hour and a half, Thursday night, Friday morning or something, and just go through the entire slate. Sometimes we don't even talk about every game, but just a tidbit here or there to familiarize myself with the board. And then lastly, I'll look at what I mentioned earlier called betting splits. And that's one of the most easiest things that I think everyone uh, should look at. And that's the difference between the percentage of bets placed and the percentage of money. So if 50% of the bets is on a team, but 80% of the money is on a team, that means that every bet on average is a higher dollar amount than the other team, right? Because if it's 50-50 bets, but 80-20 money. So that generally suggests sharp action. Uh, so with the sharp action, that's another data point. And I tend to kind of follow, you know, huge percentage discrepancies between uh, the percentage bets and the percentage uh, money. I think it tends to work better on totals than spreads uh, in my experience. Um, so just kind of combining, you know, the situational matchups that we've talked about, combining that with uh, the betting splits, combined with the sharp commentary, combined with looking at the power ratings, I kind of put together my own picture. So uh, my, my advice for you know recreational bettors who look Friday afternoon or Saturday morning for games is you know go look at the betting splits, the difference between the percentage bets and the percentage handle, and ask yourself. You know, why, if, why you like a bet that you do and make sure that you're taking out, you know, the emotional side and make sure that it doesn't feel too good. I, I would say that the bets that feel the absolute best are the ones that you really don't want to take. I think that the best bets that you can make are the ones that give you slight enough indigestion and just a hair of doubt as to why it won't work. And in my experience, those are the ones that profit the most. Because if you're like, man, I feel like this could happen and it's going to hurt my bet. Like, I'll give you the perfect example. And it's, and, it's, and it's, you know, it's my own fault. Even after I've been doing this six plus years, I didn't give out, uh, I didn't give out a bet in Fred's Best Bets, but I did take it personally. No. But Georgia, Tennessee. I gave out the under, which hit. But I had like lock of the month, lock of the year money on Georgia minus seven and a half because I was like, this is the classic Kirby Smart playing the disrespect card. You know, it's like George is kind of a new Bama. They're playing the disrespect card. We really don't know what Tennessee's about because they've played at home against Bama. But if you looked at the underlying stats, you know, that game could have gone 50-50. LSU turned it over four times in the first half against Tennessee. That might be a different game. They were down, I think, 17-0 to Pitt in the second week. And, you know, every time Georgia has cared, like they did week one, they blew out Oregon. I think it was 49 to three. I, you know, they played hard in the first half against Florida, but every other game, Georgia didn't really care. And you saw them play around with Missouri or South Carolina or whoever it was. And I said, I love the value on Georgia minus seven half. I put money on it. And then I thought to myself, yeah, I'm just going to give this out. And I said, well, how do I lose? And I said, well, the SEC wants two teams in there. Maybe Tennessee is going to get a backdoor cover. I was freaking out about the backdoor Tennessee cover because if you remember uh, 
Alabama-Mississippi State in 2014 was a very similar game. Mississippi State, number one team, inaugural CFP, undefeated, Dak Prescott. Bama lost to Ole Miss earlier in the year. They were playing in Alabama. I think Bama was like a 10-point favorite, and everyone was like, why is Bama a 10-point favorite? I had Bama in the game. Bama was up, and then I think they Mississippi State went down. You might have fact-checked me on this. I'm pretty sure Mississippi State went down and cut it to like seven or eight points and ended up covering the game. And I thought that that's exactly what was going to happen to Georgia, Tennessee. And I said, you know what? I've given out. We've had some horrific beats this year. I'm just going to give out the under because I think Kirby Smart's going to take the air out the football. I'm, you know, I think that's a safer play to give out, but I can't pass up the value on Georgia. So even after, you know, eight years, the best bets are the ones that give you the slight hesitation on, uh, you know, if you should take or not. And that's when you should pull the trigger. So just, just a little anecdote on that, um, a long tangent on, you know, just kind of overall advice. I think that, you know, if you want to bet, this is, I have no factual evidence on this. If you are betting a game just because you want to watch the game, bet the total. Just don't bet the spread. I think your odds are better of getting the total right. I think they're 50-50. And I think betting the spread is less than 50-50 because likely what you're thinking, if you really don't have a feel on the game, is the wrong side. So, that's my you uh, are just dropping nuggets right now. I love advice. it. So now let me kind of share a couple stats to kind of back up. Uh, you know, everyone's like, well, you know, he could just be, you know, speaking out of his you know what. But but you uh, I mean, you're not pulling it out of your ass because you're talking about 2014 Mississippi State, Alabama. <laughs> and this is I'm like, where does this guy get this? This is crazy. Yeah. Brain is so, like a, just a little pulls a little file out. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> Yeah, well, 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 I'm so excited to talk about the Bulls because I, I think that, you know, the, the Bulls are actually my, my favorite time of year and my most profitable time of year just because, you know, they're really the most kind of like intangible. Like the computers don't really understand how to handicap them because there's so many things going on with which team's going to be motivated or not, which players are opting out, what's the historical, you know, kind of how these teams work. Um, and so that's why I you know, really like bowl season and we'll, we'll get into, I'll have a couple other rabbits out the hat for you on that. Um, but kind of before we kind of get into, uh, you know, bowls and any questions y'all have, I guess real quick on, you know, the stats that I've had um, just kind of since I really got serious, basically, I guess when COVID started my, my first year, I went 109 and 109, which might not sound great, but I fundamentally changed how I bet. So I was pretty happy that it was about, uh, right at 500. In 2021, I went 220 and 192 for 53.3%. And then so far in 2022, I've been right at a little above break even with waiting. I'm 226 and 207. So if you go just the past two years, I'm 446 and 399 for 52.8%. Last thing I want, and last thing on on the stats. Kind of interesting, as I mentioned, you know, why I think better should bet totals more than spreads. I'm naturally better at betting totals. Uh, the past two years, I'm 174 and 131 for a 57% winning percentage over 300-plus game betting college football totals, which, which I'm pretty proud of because that's, that's not Damn just right. you know, statistical variance. Um, I do bet a lot of unders. But I will have you know, while I would say 80% of the totals that I bet are under bets, when I featured an over in Brett's best bets this year, we went 7-1. and one. 
So, you know, I, I pick my spots. Um, I love that. Anyway, I'll, I'll defer to you for some questions before we get into, uh, you know, bowl season. David, go, go for it. What do you got? Um, what, what, what is your second, like, I guess, number two, your secondary sport, if you have one, as far as either, I don't know if you want to go with, um, the one, the second sport you like to bet on or the second sport that, um, you're most profitable on, or they could be, if they're the same thing, you know? No, great question. I I would say they're not the same thing. Uh, You know, I can't resist, you know, giving back some Saturday proceeds on Sundays when I bet the NFL. (laughs) I'd say, I'd say when I bet the NFL, it's, it's almost like flipping a coin. I I might feel like I do, you know, better. And obviously with primetime unders hitting and underdogs doing pretty well this year, I've had a better NFL season than normal just because I tend to bet underdogs and unders. So for me, it's been a slightly better year in the NFL, but I wouldn't ever dare say that I'm anything but a, as you know sharp as a bowling ball when it comes to betting the NFL. Um, I'd probably say my second favorite sport to bet is NBA playoffs. And I say playoffs specifically because that's when they actually care. Like the NBA regular season, like who knows when they actually show up. Like, so I'm a big Celtics fan. Um, my dad grew up in Boston. And, uh, you know, so that, that's always kind of been my team. We've had an incredible year. You know, I think we were like 21 and five. And then we go to Golden State this past Saturday. And, you know, Curry and Clay Thompson finally decide to, you know, care about a basketball game and win by like 20 points or something. Right. But, you know, if that game's on a Tuesday and it's not on TV, the Celtics might win that game because maybe Curry doesn't care. Like, you know, I, I just I, I don't really value, you know, a lot of those, you know, regular season things. But the NBA playoffs to me can be is something, you know, worthwhile uh, betting. I think that obviously when with all the fouling at the end, you kind of just have to learn how to to play with that. Uh, that's kind of the reason I was turned off to basketball originally. But I think there's so many intangibles of a team's down 2-0 and they're coming back home for game three, load up on game three, right? Like that's happened several times, like bet the home team to come out hot in game three. Uh, You know, if a team's up three and one, like the Warriors were up three and one on the Grizzlies, like easiest money in my life was Grizzlies minus two in game five. I was like, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are old. They don't care about this game. They'll let Memphis go blow the doors off and then they'll go take care of business in game six. And I think there's, if you're so confident yeah. in that, why don't you take the money line, bud? Why'd you have to take two points? Well, the money line was worth more. It was minus two. It was Grizzlies. Oh, minus, minus two. two. Okay. I don't know why I was thinking yeah. there plus yeah. two. I was thinking plus two. I don't know why. I, that was also a big game for me, too, because I had uh I had the Warriors in six in that series specifically. I think it was like plus three hundred or something. But actually, you know, this is this is a good tidbit, even for college football. If you really want to make money sports betting, and like if your goal is not entertainment and your goal is money. Only bet spreads and totals and money lines if it's like a close money line and it's not worth and you don't want to lay like two points or something. Parlays, props, all that stuff. Maybe props. I I don't know enough, but like all these parlays and futures and trying to hit this eight teamer and all that stuff. I mean, you're basically just donating. So (laughs) that's that's my opinion. I will say in bowl seasons, the only time I do parlays, but it's a parlay system. So what I do is I actually have 103 team parlays for bowl season. And every pick of my, I have one main pick per bowl game and that starts three parlays. And so I'll go like bowl games, one, two, three, two, three, four. And then I'll have like a 
a game in the middle that I like and then a game at the end. And then pause, I'll have pause, because like, I'm stupid real quick. So 103. Yeah. So three you have 100 bets, but it's three three games. Or three teams, no, 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 three no. teams on parlay. It's 100 parlays with three teams each, with three picks each. It could be an gotcha. under, okay. or it could be a total, it could be a spread. Okay, and gotcha. each game, like for example, like the first game I think is UAB, Miami, Ohio. Like that game is going to start three parlays. I, like I'll have a pick on the game, and that'll start three parlays. And then Troy, UTSA is the next game, and the Troy, UTSA pick will start three parlays. So that's six right there. But I'll put other games later in the bowl games with that. And then every third game, every third parlay will be like my favorite pick of bowl season. That's towards the end. And then like once I get to the game, like I'll have, uh, you know, probably like what, like 10 parlays that might just need that game. That's the third leg. And then that presents hedging opportunities. Like I'll tell you right now, not to spoil too much, but like I love Utah minus two and a half. I think that's going to be my third leg. And then I might be able to hedge if the line moves up to Utah minus three or even three and a half. And I can just take Penn State plus three and a half. Or, you know, if the line moves the other way, then I'll just let it ride and just, you know, have a lot of, you know, have a lot of parlays rolling on it. So, you know, that's kind of more more fun than, um, you know, strategy than than strategy. I, I have been successful. I've been doing both those kind of parlay systems for the past, you know, five, six years. Some years I win, some years I lose. But I tend, I definitely win more in the good years than I lose in the bad years, just because that's naturally how parlays work, right? They pay six to one on average. Um, so that's the only way, reason, time that I would do a parlay is I think everyone should just stick to spreads and totals for five, 10, 15% juice. And that's, yeah, that's, the, that's the safest thing to do if, if you, if you actually want to like make money or save money. I've got a couple questions, but David, if you got one, go for it. No, I was just going to say, I feel like when it comes to the NFL, man, just if it's not like the Texans against the Cowboys, even then the Texans being 14 and a half point dogs almost pulled that game off. Like in the NFL, in the NFL sense, I I just, the way things are going right now, just take the, take the money line on the dog, bro. Like might as well. It's worth, it's honestly worth most of the time worth the risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I, and a quick thing on that, especially in the NFL or college football in general, I think that you should take plus two and a half and plus six and a half more than you should lay it. Cause there's a reason that they're two and a half and six and a half. Everyone wants to say, Oh, minus two and a half is great. Minus six and a half is great. Most, I, I, you know, I'm just saying, I think you should take plus two and a half and plus six and a half. That'd be when in doubt, when in doubt. This is fascinating. Your uncle and you, your uncle is the one that got you into this. This is how this all started with you. Yeah, my uncle's a big, really into sports. He played uh, quarterback. And he was in, in college, and you know he coaches his. He used to coach his like son's football team. So he's, you know, he he might be more into it than than me at, at once upon a time. Uh, believe it or not, now I'm kind of you know, I like to think I've caught up a little bit. But that's kind of our little. That's kind of, you know, our bond and our, our thing. I so love we're that. on, I'm on the phone with him more than I am with my, my family in December. That's for sure. Uh, you know. That's, that's <laughs> great, dude. So what, like, what makes a professional better? You went through your numbers, your statistics, like 57. That's the one you're proud of. Like, what is like, you can quit your job and just bet on sports kind of like betting numbers. 65. I mean, I, 
No, no, no. I think 55% consistently across the board is a professional better 55. To, if anyone tells me that they, that their lifetime betting is more than 60%, I think that you should just run because they're just trying to sell you picks. Hmm. Or, Interesting. Or, or they have an official on the inside named Tim Don Tim Donaghy. Oh, Tim Donaghy! <laughs> what a great documentary. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you see the Did you see the clip at which this guy was hitting? I think he said he went seventy two and ten. Yeah. That is insane, bro. He he was hitting a lick. He essentially hit a lick on those guys, dude. Crazy. Have you seen that documentary, Brett? The the Donahue one is that the NBA ref? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, you know, his like partner is uh, it was uh, Scott uh, oh, what's his name? He still coaches or he still referees. Scott Foster, yeah, yes, the end of the yeah, it's like that was his partner in crime, and he's still you know the series extender, as they call him. Oh, Scott Foster, series extender for TV ratings. Uh, Anyway, I I guess did I cut off before I answered your question? No, I don't think so. I think he was just he was just making a comment. But yeah, if anyone has over sixty percent, I I really wouldn't believe him. And you'll see some people online that'll say like I hit seventy five percent. But then if you actually go look at what they give out, they give out like these like teasers or like these like three team like round roundabouts to where like basically only like one out of every eight things they won't win on if they just ma- max up all the combinations, you know. Huh. So I think 55 to 60% consistently is like, I mean, like you can go be a pro, uh, but there's, there's a lot of levels to it. Right. Cause a lot of it is like really like maybe you have an insider and you're loading up like 20 units on like one bet. Cause you know, it's going to hit from something you'll see these, like, like you'll always see these massive line swings, like right before kickoff on like, you'll wake up Saturday morning and it'll move and you'll just like know something's up. Right. Like an example, I didn't bet on the game. If I would have bet on the game, I think LSU was hosting Ole Miss this year. They probably opened up as like a two and a half point dog and immediately went to like a two point favorite, you know, or like maybe by kickoff, it was like three, three and a half. I don't know who knew what, but somehow they knew LSU was going to beat Ole Miss by a lot of scores. I'm an LSU fan. I didn't necessarily know that. Um, you'll, you'll see a lot of those kind of examples of like professional betters, like finding something out late and just making a move. But, you know, I think 55 to 60% and like, you're the ones that are like, you're actually following, you know, your numbers. Like I would never, you know, even if I got to that percentage, I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable just quitting and doing it because I'm still like reliant on a lot of external factors. And I don't like produce my own kind of power ratings and factor in the wind and the temperature and, you know, the home field and, you know, the linebacker core and this one guy's out. I feel like it's not even that. I feel like the people that I, that literally do it professionally for a living, they're more of on the the finance side. They're pos- positive EV betting. They are looking mm-hmm. for um, mi- middle bets. Um, two fans that don't know, it's essentially, uh, let's just say, I'm throwing something out there. James Harden on one book, he's they have him as a prop. They say he's going to go over... 25 and a half points mm-hmm. um, over under 25 and a half. Another sports book has it at 23 and a half. 
You kind yeah. of take the under, you take the under 25 yeah. and a half, you can take the over 23 and a half, hoping that he hits 24 points and you double up. It, so yeah, it's, it's a win win. It's funny you mentioned that. So that's called arbitrage. I actually did arbitrage. It. There we go. There we go. I did it senior year of college on like Sunday mornings with NFL player props. I go like on multiple sites and try to like find the little middles. It's honestly not as much that. It's more so like the juice on these prop markets. It's like mm. it's not even just middling. It's more like I can get under thirty-seven and a half for plus one twenty and over thirty-seven and a half for plus one twenty. Yeah. That way, it's like well, one of them's gonna hit, and either way, I'm gonna make money. It, it, it's like that's what I would find, but like I, you know, just staring at computers and like sifting through to go find the one needle in a haystack. I mean, there's literally maybe three the whole day, <laughs> like, you know, and I yeah. spent an hour or something going through. I was like, you know, this is it, it you know, I, I, at heart, I'm still doing it like for what I love and what I'm, you know, entertained on. And, and now that I write the newsletter, I feel like, you know, I owe it to my readers and trying to you know, produce some, some good content with some, some, some funny color commentary as well as some analysis and, you know, some memes and whatnot. Alex has been reading it for a while. I love them, dude. I think they're great. I'm not a better, but the education that you provide and the facts that you back it up with, like you can visibly see the research in your words and like in your graphs and all, everything you put into it, you can see it's real effort and that it's like, it's original. So that's why I jokingly asked that question earlier. I was like, do you rip anything? Because it just looks so original and real, like you put it together. And I love that for you. And I have a couple of questions about like how you got to this point. But David, you were itching at the mic. So what's up? Oh, I was going to say, uh, for everything uh, you were talking about, Brett, uh, there's a website I found a long time ago um, that has up to date, like to the second, uh, positive EV, best positive EV bets. Um, arbitrage bets all that stuff man they were charging it was some ridiculous it was like a thousand dollars a month or two thousand dollars a month i was just yep. like bruh that what like that is i mean i'm sure it works because i mean how it's some people probably rather do that than sift through like you said a bunch of websites over and over again um but I was just like, uh, yeah, that's not for me. I'm too casual for that, for that <laughs> yeah. stuff right there. So I've been around like my older brother bets, but he kind of bets just for fun. Like we'll be sitting down, hanging out at a bar. and He'll be like, you know, what do you take here? And looking at me, it's like, dude, it's like asking a little kid, like, you know, what colors that are like, what, what bet should you take on that? I mean, I know nothing about this stuff. So I'm fascinated by your process. How did you develop that process? And then the unit idea, like where did you get all this? Is this your uncle? Is this like you met a gambler, a professional gambler? You found this on a website. Like how did you develop these systems? David, you don't have this kind of system, do you? Or you you I, answer this I, question too. I, I, don't, I don't have a system, but units, it's typical like if you go on TikTok or Twitter. Well, I, you, I understand like the get, term. I mean, like where he said, if you want to lose a thousand and you go back, like, is that what, is that general? Okay. That's okay. Yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, if you look, that's, uh, if you're getting into gambling, you know, all of us, you all, you see a lot of people put picks and they're like one unit, two units. So everybody always asks initially, what, what does that mean? What is a unit? What is two units? And they always you know, somehow, some way through the internet, you get an explanation from somebody exactly what Brett said, how much you're willing to lose divided by a hundred, whatnot. So it just, I mean, siffling through the internet a little bit. I mean, everything that Brett 
is talking about. I don't know how quickly he learned it, but I mean, me just over time being on that side of following, following people on Twitter, um, getting to that part of TikTok as well. Like it's just something over time, slowly, but surely, like I learned, do I ever implement any of this stuff? (laughs) Of course me. No, I do not. I know like Brett does, you're supposed to keep number one, like one of the main things, keep track of your bets, keep track of everything you're betting. So that way you have a history. So you could look back. What are my, what do I bet best on? What sport do I bet best on? Do I do that? No, of course I don't, but you know, that's just me. So any of the, of the other systems though, I guess, which ones that then I adapt the question or I adjust the question, which ones are unique to you that you created and how many have you learned and where did you learn the ones that you didn't create yourself? As in like the, the rating systems. So yeah, like the rating systems, the spreadsheets, like all this, this, these, these, these methods that you go about in picking the game so that you have like a process. Did you just develop that yourself? Like every year you add a little bit to your spreadsheet. Is that something you just read or is that something you look at like objectively and you're like, man, I wish I yeah. knew that's that like, you get what I mean? Yo, I, absolutely. I'll say, you know, as David mentioned, like the units is pretty standard. Like, you know, any kind of gambling article will tell you, you know, 1% of your bankroll means divide a hundred, you know, keep it. I, I kind of just did the one, one and a half, two units thing, just cause that's how I play blackjack too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so that's just, you know, I like that's that, basically though. where I got that from. I was like, well, if I'm double as confident, I'll just go put two units. And then, like, if I have, like, a super confident bet, like, I'll go two and a half, three. Like, I, I don't think I've ever made more than, like, a four or five unit bet uh, in my life, I think. Um, I guess as far as, the, like, I, I think I just read somewhere that, like, there were betting splits. And I just tried to go Google and find, like, a way to get free betting splits. Like, I don't subscribe to anything. So I just kind of had to to find a site for that. And then, I mean, like, following sharps, like, I just kind of, found a couple different sites like i use betting pros i'll use vsin i'll use the espn plus and i'll use clay travis and kind of just look at those things but i don't necessarily take them i just if they if they agree i might take them they'll probably they might have something else in there that i just like that makes me want to think maybe the opposite like maybe they want to bet some way and they don't really have a good reason i'm like well i'll just do the opposite or they say something that you know applies for a different bet so that, you know, just kind of, you just kind of learn, I guess, over time, like what's noise and what's like, you know, like what, what you can kind of, um, you know, count on. I, I would say just, you know, the important thing to understand is that these lines are very efficient. And, you know, this is like the combination of 50-50, what the Vegas sees is 50-50 outcome. So if you're betting on a reason that is already baked into the line, then like you shouldn't be betting on that reason. Meaning, like, you got to bet on intangible stuff that's, like, not on the line. Like, all these different situations that I'm thinking of. Or matchups or, you know, things like that um, to, you know, really kind of figure out, you know, the, the best way moving forward. I'd say on the totals, like, naturally, everyone loves betting the over. That's why I bet the under. That's why, you know, naturally, <laughs> you know, I just pick spots and, you know. You can learn. You know, everyone's like, it's no fun to bet the under. It's It's, to me... You are locked and loaded all 60 minutes watching the clock go down. And you're just rooting for defense. Like every time they run a play, you want them to run and get tackled inbounds. And you want to watch 30 seconds go by. You want that punt to go an extra 10 yards. Like to me, it's like you're, you're more invested in the under than the over. Like as far as like 
looking at all these situations. You're constantly thinking, well, I don't want to get a tie. You know, I want to get two field goals for a touchdown. So I get that like one point, you know, difference. You're constantly, you know, sometimes I find myself wanting them to score just so that they'll go play defense so that they won't like backdoor <laughs> get the total. Like sometimes I'm literally betting the under and I'm like, I want this team to score a touchdown just so that they'll actually go play defense. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's just kind of weird things that, you know, it, to me, betting the under is like the most fun thing in college football. I know everyone probably thinks I'm like on some medication right now saying that, but hey, I, I, the I under's truly... looking real good right now. Hey, not Cheeto. Hey, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's funny. Cause, uh, the, what you mentioned earlier about, um, just the intangibles and whatnot. And I feel like when you bet consistently, you kind of get, you kind of get a, these, you start reading the signs a little bit. I remember specifically one, uh, it was the Thursday night football earlier in the year for NFL, the Broncos versus the Colts. I think it was announced the night before or literally the day of that Jonathan Taylor was going to be out that game. I remember the, game. the lines did not move at all. So it kind of raised a red flag like, okay, their star running back is out, but yet the lines didn't move. Either A, they already knew he was going to be out, or B, I mean, I think the they're, replacement they're saying, they're saying it, doesn't make it, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, hmm, very interesting. Stuff like that. It's, it's funny how the little things you pick up on. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is just an overall you know, good piece of advice as well. Like, don't bet on just what you saw last week. I mean, that probably rings true more in the NFL than college football, but especially in college football, I, I would say that, like, if you could break up the college football season, like, I like to think of it literally in months, in thirds. The first month, no one really knows what the teams are about, right? There's so much more turnover in college football than any other sport. Turnover is especially crazy in college football with, you know, the transfer portal. And so that first month, you're really just trying to figure out the teams. And so I love, like, the second, third week. And I just like basically everything I see week one, I just like literally throw out of my head and I just go look at the preseason and I say, okay, what are these teams expected to do in the preseason? And I'll just kind of bet more on that. And, and just, you know, so that's kind of, you know, one thing is, you know, don't let go of your preseason expectations just because one team had an incredible game, right? Don't just look at what happened the week before. And also I think the score is actually one of the most misleading things that you can actually pay attention to because the score is what's being baked into the line. I love to look at which team outgained the other team by how many yards and which team had more first downs and were there turnovers that affected the game. Those three things right there tell me way more about a team than what the final score was. There's, you know, if you see some other like sites or people mention uh, post-game win expectancy, to me that's more important than the actual final score. Some teams could have a post-game win expectancy of 80% and lose the game because they turned it over twice. You know, but you'll see they outgained a team by 100 yards and had five more first downs. Like, a great example, and I, I made a decent amount of money fading this team. If you go look at Michigan State in 2021, I think they might actually be the most fraudulent team in college football history. They got outgained by 100 yards in five games in the Big Ten and went 4-1 and one in those games. I mean, that is historic they lost kenneth walker kenneth walker another huge bet i had on the win total i had under seven and a half wins for michigan state i distinctly remember one of the bigger bets on the year for me was washington 
minus three and a half over Michigan State when they took the trip like week two or three or something. And I was like, and uh, you know, again, back to the best bets are the ones that give you indigestion. I should have put more when it moved up. I was hoping to get it at like a pickup and it opened at three and a half. And I'm like, well, great. I could be right. And Michigan state can lose by a field goal and I don't make money. Right. So that kind of backed me off, unfortunately on putting more, but that's just like an example of, okay, like year over year, these teams, the turnover regression, you know, and Phil Steele will talk about some of that. He'll talk about like, that's like why I read Phil Steele as well. I'll look at like which teams had a lot of turnovers which teams had a negative turnover differential, you know, which teams another example with Mississippi state, which is why I was so high on them this year, last year, I think they outgained sec opponents by like 95 yards per play. They were third in the sec in yards per play differential, but they went three and five in the sec, but they were third behind Bama and Georgia on yards, like uh, yard differential in sec games. And so I was like, I think that's going to regress to the mean you know, to be frankly, I, I really think Mississippi State probably should have beaten LSU this year. And Mike Leach, you know, kind of messed up in that first half. But nonetheless. No, no, I love Mike Leach. I love Mike Leach. One of my favorites. It's, it's you know, RIP. It's it's a sad week. But, uh, you know, they, they, they rebounded. They beat Arkansas, A&M, and Auburn. And, you know, get the, the win total over. But, you know, just, just kind of things like that. Um, you know, actually, well, speaking of Mike Leach. This was the, I think, fourth time that he had a third-year quarterback under his belt. And all three previous times he had a third-year starting QB, his team won nine games. And I, I wasn't calling at Mississippi State to win nine games because it's the SEC. But I figured they'd have a pretty good season. You know, their receivers were, like, absolute garbage. I'm sure you saw the video of him picking up the, you know, the, the chairs and stuff. And so – um, you know, that's kind of what kept them from going nine and three with those receivers. But, you know, that quarterback, you know, really understood the system. Uh, I'm salty with the receivers because I had Mississippi State covering against Georgia. And the receiver, I don't know if y'all remember, it was like third and goal from like the six. And the receiver like literally just ran a slant and dropped the ball. And they ended up kicking a field goal, which was the difference in my cover, which was pretty frustrating. But uh, you, uh, let me yeah. interrupt you. Do, you. do you Have you ever played like video games? Are you a video game guy like Madden or anything like that? No, I, I like Madden. I have a pretty good Madden defense, but you know, okay. I, I, I never really like grew up playing a lot of video games. Okay. My friend had it in college. And so okay. I go the reason Madden. I asked there, there's a reason to this. I was just gonna ask, are you a guy who throws a controller? Like, are you a controller throwing guy? Do you look for something when something happens to your bet? <laughs> you're trying to pick something up and throw it because you're uh, pissed or, you know, I, I'd say, you know, if, if anyone wants a real entertaining time, my friends will say, it. come, come to my come to my house with my TV set up in my living room on a Saturday and just, just kind of watch it. me watch football. It's, it's okay. It's very, you know, it's, we've had a lot of friends over, uh, you know, I have like a four TV set up, uh, you know, in the living room so I can watch all the action. Um, it's pretty, pretty nice. Pretty, pretty, pretty fun Saturday. I just bring the party to me. Everyone will pregame and people will watch the games and, you know, people will be doing something and they'll just hear me yelling and they're like, what's going on? Like LSU's in timeout and I'm yelling at the, the screen to the right because you know, whatever. So that's um, awesome. Yeah. So, so what's interesting for me is I've recently found that um, my best sport to bet on is actually hockey NHL. I've heard that. Uh, and uh, because I've realized one, there's no biases. I have no bias. Cause I, this is my first season watching it. So it's kind of like uh, I equated to, to football um on the nfl the jets 
like it's just hard for me to bet on the Jets just because it's you it's can't the, bet on the Jets, dude. It's the fucking Jets. It's, it's the Jets, <laughs> but guess what? They're actually pretty good this year. And say if you were a first-time NFL watcher this season, you probably could have made some money betting on the Jets because you would be like, man, the the sports books are really shitting on the Jets. They're not that bad of a team. When in reality, we all, the rest of us football watchers know the Jets ain't ever ain't ever it ever. But also, I I I like a lot in hockey. I I I like to grab the the live money line of the team that's down because since hockey is broken up into three periods and like not like quarters where it's like first quarter and second quarter, but they're still like there, but it's periods literally like they play 20 minutes. Then they go to the, to the, you know, like a mini halftime for another 20 minutes. So like shit changes quick and I'll see, I'll see a good team down like three Oh and I'm, they're like, plus 600 and i'm like they're a good team they could rebound there's still plenty of game left take that money line boom they come all the way back and it happens more often than not especially in hockey and so i feel like that's been personally my go-to um there was one more question i wanted to ask i'm ready to talk about the bulls because now that you've proven yourself to us and to the two fans here, the the listeners, we can get into the bowl season. I am going to personally say, because we're sitting at 8.30 p.m., I do not want to go through 100 games. So <laughs> let's, 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 uh, I don't, I don't want to deter you. From, I don't want you, I don't want to deter you from anything, but I'm going to be honest. I don't really care about the Arizona bowl between Ohio and Wyoming. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's graze over the top. Maybe some really good bets that you're looking at. I'll just turn it over to you, Brett. David, if you had anything else, I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I just want to hear him just go. <laughs> go. Well, first, I want to say for all the listeners, you know, if you're if you're interested in subscribing to Brett's Best Bets, I don't know the best channel, but, you know, get get to Alex, one of these guys. I uh, have a, you know, I either do it on email or, you know, uh, you know, kind of group texts. So, uh, you know, up to y'all, but. Um, just to kind of run through, I kind of have a couple highlighted. I'll just give maybe a quick, you know, tidbit or anything. Um, opening up, I like Troy. I think Troy UTSA is going to be a great matchup. Uh, you have very underrated group of five conference champs. Troy, very good defense. UTSA, more on offense. Generally speaking, you know, when a team that plays shootouts goes up against a team with a good defense, normally that team with the defense, you know, wins. I think defense travels. I think it's more consistent. Anyone can go play in a shootout. Uh, so I, I kind of lean Troy. Uh, I like the Cincinnati Louisville under. So I actually got that one at 43. It's actually down to like 41 now. This was like a betting splits one. I think maybe like 30% of the bets were on the uh, under, but 85% uh, of the money was on the under. So that's like, so, you know, so are pros you, be Joes. So are you telling us they, they recognize you as a sharp? <laughs> The books recognize you as a sharp better. Is that what you're trying to say, huh? Huh? I mean, you made the you moved the line, bud. Look, you think if I'm moving the line, get ready until you hear this next one. This one's like my lock of the month. Fresno State. If you don't know the guy's name, the name's Jake Hayner, QB. You'll hear about him in April when the NFL draft comes around. He is, you know, I think he could be the next kind of like Josh Allen kind of guy. Now he's more like wow. a pocket passer. 
But what I mean by that is he's that group of five QB that I think has a lot of the intangibles to take the next step. I'm not saying he's going to be Hall of Famer or anything like that, but what I'm saying right here is he's going to be able to throw the football against Washington State. Fresno has been a completely different team with him, without him. I think they started one and four. He had some injuries. They've won eight games in a row. I, my favorite bet in conference championship week was Fresno State uh, to cover against Boise State. They won outright by 12. You know, he's not opting out. He's bought in. This could be Fresno's best season. You know, Washington State, middling Pac-12 team. Pac-12 doesn't do great in bowls anyway. I, I think this is kind of underdog mentality. I got it at four and a half. I took it again at the money line. Fresno's all the way up to like a three-point favorite. So, I mean, talk about a wild swing. I, I couldn't believe the books put him as an underdog. But, you know, I think – I You I don't got know him if, as an underdog? I got him as an underdog. They opened up at four and a half the day after all the bulls were announced. Because I, I got – I had him here as minus three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Exactly. It's crazy. And I got it on the money line too because, I like, I put some – like, that's another thing. If I know I'm going to put a lot, like, I put, like, maybe a unit on four and a half, and then I got a unit at a money line. Because I was like, well, hell, like, you know, I was like, a, it, it went to a blink and an eye. Like, probably three days later, I checked it, and it went to money line. And then now we're here a week later, it's three and a half. I, I still think there's value. I think that, you know, a lot of bowl games, you know, really just in general, and a lot of the early bowl games, you really don't have the underdog covering and not winning. So just blanket advice, I think you should take the underdog to win on the money line or take the favorite laying the points. Most of the time with these group of five games, that's that te- now, you know, that tends to be the trend. Now you can go watch Miami, Ohio will probably cover and not win uh, in the opening game, and you'll be like, this guy knows absolutely nothing about football. But <laughs> generally, because that that's just, you know, how we roll. But that's that's you know what I think. Um, I lean Oregon State. Anthony Richardson, Florida doesn't care about being there. Oregon State, very underrated team. They, they've flown under the radar the past two years. I think this might be their coming out party, building momentum for next year. Definitely dark horse uh, in Pac-12 next year, I think. Um, what else? Let's see. Uh, a lot of sharp discrepancy. I like the under in South Alabama, Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky's quarterback, you'll hear his name in the future, Austin Reed in the transfer portal. Um one of my favorite plays as well, I love Air Force. So I got them at seven. I think they're probably down to five now. Uh, I read an article somewhere. Baylor wasn't pretty happy with their bowl selection. You know, they had a good year. Think about it. Last year, they just won the Sugar Bowl against Ole Miss. Now they're going to go play Air Force, right? Uh, these, you know, service academy teams tend to be pretty good in bowls. Um You know, they triple option. Uh, you know, I believe in Aranda and his defense. I just... I don't know if there's enough momentum to really blow out a team with the quality of Air Force. So I like Air Force. Uh, I like Missouri. I think teams that are six and six and win their last game to make a bowl, it shows like Missouri upset Arkansas to make a bowl. I think they really care. I think that saved Eli Drinkwitz's job. Brett, I don't mean to interrupt you, man, but you know, two fans, they're a little casual, man. We, we want, Kansas State, Alabama, Iowa, Kentucky. We want these New Year's Six bowls. What what are what are your thoughts? Do you if you have any? Um, even on the, I see the lines aren't. Uh, well, yeah, the lines are out for the uh, college football playoff too. Like those college football playoffs. What you know, all those New Year's Six bowls essentially. Um, what okay? Are, anything or stand any, or out? Or any from- locks? Like I like I like the the what was it? Oregon State. I like, I like that Fresno one. a lot. 
Fresno, yeah. Air Force. I like Oregon State. Um, I like South Carolina over Notre Dame. Well, you know, the locks tend to not necessarily be in the primetime games just because, you know, the lines are, are pretty sharp. Um, yeah. I, I will say my lock of the year last year was Georgia minus seven against Michigan in the the uh, semifinal just because Georgia was literally better than Michigan in every single aspect of football. They're basically just <laughs> Michigan but grown men. Um, so <laughs> that one was pretty easy. Uh, if it gets to the national championship and it's Georgia-Michigan and the line is within seven points, I will probably be hammering Georgia again. Um, right now, Georgia is minus six and a half over Ohio State. So, yeah, uh, so I'll, 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 I want to get to the playoffs last. I'll talk about a couple real quick. Uh, I love unders. Iowa, Kentucky, I mean, it's just beautiful. It's, it's 31, third-string quarterback. I, I will say if I – you know – I don't know if I'm actually going to recommend the bet, but I kind of think Iowa's going to do some special teams out there and, and win that game. Just just got a little hunch. Just got a little hunch. I, Kirk Ferentz, longest tenure college football coach. I, I I could see Iowa winning that game, and I'm sure a lot of people think Kentucky's going to win. Um, to the bigger games, I mean, if we're just going off of history, like I think Kansas State money line is probably the best value play on the entire board. Alabama – not good when they don't make the playoff. The past two times they've been in the Sugar Bowl, you go to 09 Utah, 2013 or 2014 was, uh, yeah, after the kick six, they played maybe Oklahoma. It was like the Trevor Knight coming out party or something. And yeah. they were like, yeah. you know, this is a little different. Texas? Or yeah. is that somebody else? So they lost to Oklahoma in the Sugar oh. Bowl in that year. Okay. Um, this is a little different just because they've kind of known they've been out of the playoff for a month. And they did play really well against Michigan in like that lower bowl. Uh, maybe it was like the, the Citrus Bowl or something in 2019. They beat Michigan by a couple scores. Um, but I, this is just Kansas State's Super Bowl. I mean, you know, this is, you know, they're, they're a tough team. You know they're going to play hard. I like their coach a lot, climbing a lot. He's coming back. Um, you know, they're, they, they, they're now healthy. They should have beat can't, they would have Ryan TCU out of the stadium the first time too. Um, you know, I, I just am not sure if Bama is going to really care about the game, especially I'm assuming Bryce Young and, and, uh, Will Anderson opt out. If they don't opt out, you know, maybe it changes, but I'm assuming they're going to opt out. So I think money lines, good value there. Uh, again, no, I didn't say lock. I just said good value. I think you know, it wins more than it loses based on what the implied Vegas odds are. Positive EV, as you say. Yes, I'll sir. take my, my favorite two New Year's six bets. I've already talked about Utah. I love Utah. Utah, another tough physical team. I really don't think we know anything about Penn State. All they've shown is that they aren't as good as Ohio State and Michigan by a lot and that they can beat up on everyone else and everyone else in the Big Ten is, like, horrible. Like, I'll tell you something. Like, Purdue – was Michigan's uh, opponent in the Big Ten Championship, their power rating is like maybe two points better than the worst Big 12 team's power rating, which was Iowa State this season. Just to put in perspective how bad the Big Ten is across the board outside of Ohio State and Michigan, I, like it might be a bloodbath in bowl season. I, I So it, it's scary to backpack 12 teams, but, you know, after last year and Utah coming close, I, you know, I just think Utah's probably going to win. Um, and then my favorite, this is also just history, classic, feel. Don't be shocked if Tulane wins this game. 
Do not be shocked if wow. she wins this game. Wow. I'm telling, you, USC. I'm telling you, I know Caleb Williams won the Heisman, and he's coming back, and that's what they're going for him. But Tulane's going to pull out all the stops. It's going to be like UCF in 2017. I know USC is a little different for Auburn, but if you think about it, Auburn, if they had beaten Georgia in 2017, they'd be in the playoff. If USC beaten Utah, they'd be in the playoff. Utah, USC is not in the playoff. Tulane's going to be playing hard. Lincoln Riley still has no idea how to coach a defense. Like, literally. <laughs> Let's literally. pause right there. Let's pause right there. That no, you no, really no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because I know what you're about. You're, Alex, you're about to be like, whoa, whoa, dude. No, 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 no. Look, no. It, but, but look, but look. If you look at the sports book, the sports books damn near has have this as a toss-up. I mean, it's Tulane's plus one and a half, and they're only a, their money line's only plus 100. So, they know how good the sports books know how good Tulane is. I've never heard of Tulane this season at all. So I don't know. I absolutely don't know. But looking at this, I know they know that Tulane's pretty damn good and has a good chance to win this game. And my only reaction was that Lincoln Riley's inaugural season, he's gonna lose his very first bowl game. That's 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 shocking to me as a sports fan. Like that's just shocking to me. I mean, I, to me, it doesn't seem so shocking because, like, I've been following Tulane and the American and the group of five. So, like, they upset Kansas State in Kansas State, you know, as I mentioned earlier. So, you know, just that's a very quality win. Kansas State, Big 12 champ, probably, you know, I mean, they're better than TCU, in my opinion, and TCU's in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, Tulane could cause some problems. USC has had maybe the the highest turnover discrepancy in a positive way, maybe in the history of college football. I, I just, you know, I, I'm not as confident in Lincoln Riley's defense. I think Tulane's going to pull out all the stops. I, I would not be shocked if, if Tulane won this game. I will likely be be making a wager uh, on, on the Tulane side, uh, just given the the lack of maybe motivation for, for USC. Um, as far as the TCU Michigan, I guess we'll start with that one, you know, I, TCU has not been kind to me, either betting on them or against them this season. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe take the pick with a grain of salt. Uh, I, I do lean TCU just uh, because they're getting so many points. But you, you have to remember that almost all of these semifinal matchups are blowouts. So, you, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, Michigan, you know, handily beats them. I think the thing that TCU has going for them is they're experienced and they can literally score from anywhere on the field. They got big plays, explosive playmakers. Um, I, I think Michigan's physicality is probably going to be too much. Uh, but I do think, you know, kind of think in second order that I'm probably going to take TCU solely because I think that if I lose the TCU bet, I'm going to get a better line on Georgia-Michigan in the national championship, and I'll be able to make the money back, if that makes any sense. Like, if Michigan goes beats TCU by 14, I think the Georgia-Michigan line might only be four and a half or four. But if Michigan wins by three, it might be seven and a half. You know, so I'm willing to maybe just put maybe a small bet on TCU, lose the money, and hope Georgia wins, and then knowing I can come back and lay down the hammer in the natty. The Georgia-Ohio State matchup is very scary as someone who, you know, roots for the SEC and, and you know, doesn't really want to see Ohio State-Michigan in the national championship. As I mentioned last year, I love Georgia over Michigan because 
Georgia just does everything better than Michigan, and they're both physical at the line of scrimmage teams. I think that in a similar way that Michigan was a bad matchup for Ohio State, because, you know, in my opinion, I think Ohio State's soft and Michigan's slow and Georgia. Georgia's strong and fast. So, but, uh, you know, I, in the same way that Georgia might be a bad matchup for Ohio State, I think Ohio State could be a bad matchup for Georgia. Because if you've watched these Georgia games, their receivers, even against Bama last year, Bama in the SEC championship tore up Georgia's secondary when they could protect just enough to allow, you know, what was it, Jamison Williams had however many yards before he got hurt in that SEC championship game. And that's, I mean, Georgia beat Bama in the natty because Bama didn't have any receivers, right? Um, I think that Ohio State's wide receivers could be a problem for Georgia. The reason that I'm not all over Ohio State here is I don't think Ohio State's going to be able to stop Georgia. So the bet that I'm making as of now is Georgia's team total over 34 and a half. And I mentioned, oh, you can't do spreads, only do spreads in totals, but this is basically a total. The reason that I like the team total, and I, I think I also have a bet on the over, but I'm a little afraid that, you know, Georgia just, you know, puts down the hammer, takes the air out of the ball, just like they did against Tennessee, and we just get, you know, a low-scoring, uh, you know, game. I, I think Georgia's going to get to 35, because if Ohio State's going to win this game, they're going to turn it into a shootout, in my opinion. Like, they're not winning a 24-21 game. Like, they're, they're going to win this, you know, if it's going to be a shootout. So I just think that if you're kind of thinking about all the different possible ways that this game could go, I think that, like, you know, maybe three out of every – like, if there's eight different ways this game can go, I think, like, five or six of them involve Georgia scoring over 34-and-a-half points, whether it's a Georgia in a shootout, Ohio State in a shootout. It might be just like the SEC championship. Georgia might go up early – lay an egg in the third quarter, Ohio State will throw it around the field and it'll just, you know, they'll just, you know, Georgia will do what they do on offense and they'll rest players for the national championship. It could be, you know, a shootout. Um, so that's where I lean. I don't really have a huge feel on either of the playoff games, but, um, you know, I do think I- I'm hopeful that one of the games will be a good matchup. Uh, most years it's just a blowout, uh, a blowout yeah. and it-, it might be the same um, this year. Uh, I'm trying to think, I guess normally, yeah, normally the early game is kind of more of the blowout. I guess that's just like the matchup thing. Um, so, you know, maybe it's a blowout. I, 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 I don't know. I wish I had like more of an angle to like recommend to people, but I think the lines are, you know, where they are and, you know, I'm trying to make money. I can still go put like a one unit bet on the semifinals and then go save my larger bets for the games. I think, you know, that I have an edge on that maybe people aren't as focused on. So, yeah. What about the Verbo Citrus Bowl? <laughs> Is that you're, LSU you're, Purdue? You're, yep, you're acclaimed LSU. Exactly. Yeah, well, I don't bet LSU games. <laughs> I, mean, I, I I literally wouldn't listen to anything I say. Like, Jaden Daniels is coming back. Kayshawn Booty's coming back. Like, probably we're going to blow them out. Purdue doesn't have their head coach. You know, I would say LSU easy money. But, again, I don't bet the games and – Maybe that's an I, indicator to go take Purdue just because I think LSU is going to win. I, I don't know. I like so. this one, too, because I, I do, oddly enough, as an Aggie, like Mac Brown somehow. But UNC, Oregon. Love what, this game. Yeah, love I think this, this is a fun one. So I love UNC getting the two touchdowns here. I think that they might be at 14 and a half now or 13 and a half. I got in a little at 14. I'm hoping the line goes up more. I just, you know, there's a couple of different trends. I, I you know, I didn't really kind of talk to – 
my main bowl season trends. So maybe it's a good time to, to slip those in there. But, you know, experienced head coaches, bowl season is just such a, a different, like, vibe than the rest of the year. The You know, your players have finals. You go from playing every week to, like, a three-, four-week break. You got the transfer portal. Like, I just trust Mac Brown more than first-year head coach Dan Lanning to, like, get their team prepared for a bowl game. And, like, I'll take 14 points. I think, you know, and we'll, this will lead into the Orange Bowl, too. I think that Clemson-UNC game is just, like, a snowball effect, right? Like, I think coming out of half, Drake may have the ball and threw a 100-yard pick six, I believe, in, like, the second half to go from, like, down seven to, like, down 21, and, you know, it was over. I'm also fine. I'm with, uh, I don't know if you saw Big Cat's tweet. I'm also with him filing a class action lawsuit on against Dabo for benching DJ because I had UNC <laughs> thinking that DJ was going to play the game <laughs> and then he didn't play the game. And so my UNC bet went up in flames. So, you know, I, guess I didn't do enough research to know that he'd just bench him, I guess. But uh, anyway, I like UNC a lot of those points. I mean, I just think there's value. I mean, so many things have to go right to beat a team by more than 14 when you really don't have that much more talent than they do when you think about it. Uh, and that leads me into the, the, uh, the orange bowl. I, I need to do some more. I need to dig a little more. I need to look at what other people are saying splits and stuff. So like, you know, again, I haven't really honed in on a lot of the, the playoff games. So I don't want, or the new year six games. So I don't want everyone to, to hold me to, to all these picks. Those first picks I gave out the first weekend are kind of already set in stone. I mean, I think Tennessee's probably going to cover. I think Clemson's a little overrated. The ACC's not really that good. They've really only played ACC. You saw what happened against South Carolina. I know South Carolina, Spencer Rattler came out of nowhere to finish the season strong. But, you know, the physicality level in the SEC is just so much different at the line of scrimmage than, than anything Clemson's seen this year. And, you know, yeah, Tennessee missed the playoff. But, you know, they've had a month to pout about it. And, you know, people were thinking Vanderbilt was going to win that game outright. And then they go out and win 56 to zero. So if that doesn't signal to me that they're going to be ready to go play this Orange Bowl and, you know, build on the momentum that they've built this year, because they were really ahead of expectations. I don't think anyone maybe outside of Knoxville thought they were competing for the playoff when the year began. So I think they could have a strong finish uh, and, and win that one. I want to know about our rival Texas and Washington. I want to hear you say that Texas is going to lose. I'll say this. I think the only reason that I wouldn't bet Washington is because you don't want to bet public dogs. And I think Washington's going to be a very public dog, but everything else that I see from an analytic perspective, from a money perspective, from a trends perspective, I think Washington could win the game outright. Uh, I, I Texas, I think the reason that it's so high is I think, they just like the power ratings just haven't really been accurate on Texas. They have so much talent, but they really haven't put it together. Somewhat similar to Alabama this year when you think about it. Alabama has so much talent, but there's just they're missing that, you know, senior leader or it factor this year. I mean, Texas had no business being a seven point favorite over TCU. I was a sucker that took Texas because I was like, why are they a seven point favorite? You know, like, and I was just honestly just tired of TCU. Like, I didn't know if TCU was good or not because they've been playing against backup quarterbacks the whole year. Here I go on a TCU ran again. But anyway, I, I, the moral of the story, I, I would lean Washington. I, I, gotta, I, I haven't put in a bet yet, but I, I think Washington's going to cover. Maybe win. I got one last one for you. Okay, and this is all up to you. 
I want to know one of these bullshit, non, you know, nobody cares about games, not ranked. Which one is, Alex, you got to sit down and watch this game. I know it's Eastern this and Western that, and nobody cares. And you probably have to search online to find the game, but this is going to be the game you need to watch. Which one are you looking at that you're excited for of these nothing games, these no ranked teams? Okay, well, I'll say the best group of five games is going to be day one, Troy, UTSA, but they're both ranked, so I'll give another one. But y'all should, you should, you know, put a TV on at work. I think it's at like 2, 2.30 p.m. That Troy, UTSA game is going to be very interesting. I already talked about the Fresno game. Hmm. I would say, like, an intriguing game is Liberty Toledo for me. Uh, just because, you know, Hugh Freeze is gone. Toledo underperformed in the MAC this year. I think I'm, I'm taking the under most likely. I wouldn't say that's the game you have to watch, but, I mean, I'll, I'll be watching all of them. Oh, okay. Um, I think that's basically it for, like, the, the group of five games. But I think a very good clash of styles is Mississippi State-Illinois. It's the game we didn't know we needed, but that's the game you need to tune into, especially, you know, unfortunately with the, the leech situation. You know, Mississippi State, air raid, throw it all over the field offense. You hear all season about Illinois' defense, you know, really good defense. Granted, they're in the Big Ten, so, you know, who are they actually playing against, right? And You know how the Big Ten with their punt fests are. Uh, you know, I think that game is going to be a fascinating matchup to watch. Mississippi State's spread offense or air raid offense against uh, Illinois' defense. Uh, so that's, that, that is a game to certainly uh, tune into. Nice. I, I need to know, Brett, uh, because we do have some betting fans, what is going to be the easiest way for them to get on your newsletter? Uh, okay. Reset your, reset your microphone first. Check one, two, three. I think you're going to do the in and out thing because I think me? that's what's been happening. In and out right now? I think so. <laughs> one, two, three. Okay. Okay. I think we got it. Okay. My in and out, one, two, three, four. Can you hear me? I think you're good. Yeah. So, okay. how, what is the easiest way wait, for wait, people to cut, find you? This part. I got to Most of your. I can't hear you now. You're cutting in and out. Okay, can you hear me? I can hear you. What's going on? Okay, yeah. Do most of your users have like one of your contacts? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Okay, so ask me the question. You're still going in and out somehow, for fuck's sake. It's like the very end and we're trying so hard. Can you hear me? Am I better now? I think think so. I think so. I'll be back. Yeah, like, wait. We'll we'll cut all this. I think the easiest way is going to be them to reach out to y'all. Okay. Like, y'all just send... I'll send me a list of all their numbers or emails. And if they have, if they have an iPhone, I can, I just put everyone in group texts. Like I have like Brett's best bets, a Brett's best bets. I think you're in one, maybe like B or yeah. C or D. So like oh, if they wow. have iPhones, I'll put them all in a thing. And then if they don't, then I'll put them all on an email and BCC them. So you can ask the question and I'll just say, get in touch with your podcast hosts. Have, let them know you're interested and they'll send me your number and email and I'll get it to you. The first, the first edition's coming out tomorrow night for part one. So I'll save that because we're cutting all this, but uh, 
Okay. Well, here we go. go so I thought you said it beautifully there, but that works too. So this is all great information. We appreciate your time. I hope that we get another opportunity in the future to bring you on because I think it'd be really, really fun to do this more often. I was genuinely very surprised at how prepared you are. I mean, this is this is great, dude. Like we're talking about UTSA and who? UAB, UTSA and Troy. It's like we okay, thought we were talking about Alabama and Georgia, but here we are. So I appreciate your time. I mean, I know the two fans want to be a part of the Bre- Brett's best bets. So how could they get a part of this knowledge? Yeah, first off, you know, th- thank you so much for, for having me on. It's been an absolute blast, you know, talking talking some football with y'all. And you know, ho- certainly hope to be back on maybe end of season or, you know, something, something in the near yeah. future. Um, I-, I think the easiest way will be, you know, to get in touch with, you know, the two fans hosts. And, you know, send your, you know, either your number or your, if you have an iPhone or, or your email and they'll kind of, you know, send it to me and I'll, uh, you know, I put people in group texts or I have, you know, email threads with people BCC, which is really the, the current uh, distribution. Um, the, the first uh, bowl season, bowl season part one of Brett's Best Bets should be going out uh, Thursday night, tomorrow night. Uh, I don't know when you're posting this, uh, but That'll be going out in anticipation of, of the Friday and Saturday games. I can I can send it out Friday for those who sign up late, and then we'll have a couple editions. And you know we're really in the home stretch over the next you know two and a half weeks to to finish off the year. It's been a, it's right, I got been a, a fun blast. question. I got a fun question for you. Okay. Because obviously we did a lot of introductory stuff, and now that you're a part of the sliced apples like regular guests, we have a couple guys <laughs> that come on regularly, and we love to bring them on. So I'm going to hit you with a a little bullshitty question. Um, You were talking about playing blackjack earlier. Okay. Okay. Do you double down on 12? No. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We thought you were going to ask if I hit on six against a seven, but no, I I hit six against a seven. I don't double on 12. No. Okay. Okay. Well, there, there's there's a few there's a few listeners out there that'll that'll love that bit because we we have some funny stories from that. But you just had mentioned it, and I was looking at my text. I was like, yeah, no, I, think, oh, I wonder. If I'll, I'll say, look, we, we could talk another two hours just on craps. I really don't play much blackjack. I, I, I like craps. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll uh, cut it off before I start losing money from placing all my <laughs> craps bets. <laughs> Um, but we really appreciate the time. And you don't have any like social media handles or anything like that you want to put out anywhere that, you know, uh, you know, I actually, you. I thought about that. I think, um, I think next year I'm going to start like a Twitter and put oh, yeah. all pics on that. Oh, I think yeah. that's going to be an easy way to following. And I, I might switch to telegram. We're still, we're still in the early stages. This is only, this is only season two. And, and really the Love first it. year I did a, a, a really aligned newsletter. So, um, uh, TBD on that, um, and you know, hopefully next time I'm on, we'll, we'll we'll get to that stage. But as I mentioned earlier, talk to your you know two fans hosts, and I'm I'm happy to share, uh, you know, happy to share that the newsletter's upcoming for bowl season. I'm so glad we caught you before you became famous and went on ESPN. <laughs> don't you just Alejandro? Don't you just like look at this guy and you're just like, yeah, this guy the way he just talks, I just know he's going to be on TV one day talking about betting. Dude, way way more prepared than a lot of those people on TV. Bro, way more prepared. Way more prepared. I love it, dude. I love it. Please reach out to David or I if you're looking to join Brett's Best Bets. Oh, it's it's the place to be, man, if you're trying to place college football bets, that's for sure. 
Uh, two fans, you know where to find us at Slice Devils Pod at Slice Devils Podcast. Man, we will see you next time.